SBN. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell. I'm Susan Littlefield on the Rural Radio Network. Another interesting day in the market trade. We're going to look at some numbers. Even though there's some green for the corn and the beans, negativity for the wheat, the huge struggle bus came on the livestock side with some drops seen once again within that market. But it goes beyond that. We're talking feds, unemployment numbers, um, negative plays that we saw within the trade, and the macro move higher. That's where we're going to start today as Darren Fry joins us. He's with Water Street Advisors. And let's talk about this macro move are we seeing that continue to play into the trade today yeah i think we are uh, susan you know you you have this whole thinking behind the market that maybe the feds have moved too aggressively and have gone too fast with too big a interest rate hikes and it's really messing a lot of things up and people are putting pressure on the feds like the un has spoken out some other government bodies people are trying to politicize this and and say hey um, you're really tearing things apart. You need to slow it down. And we saw Australia overnight lean away from their half point increase to only a 25 basis point. And obviously, um, you know, the feds are being compelled by a lot of different groups to maybe consider that. And I, I really question whether that's going to happen or not, given what we saw last Friday on the PCE number. Uh, that was neutral to bearish. We're not seeing evidence yet. But, hey, we do have an unemployment number out on Friday. And I think the feds will be watching that very closely to see if that indeed is showing a weakening economy here. And that would provide more of a dovish tone if that was the case. But I think that's what's gotten into the macro picture. And with everybody buying, a, you know, buying the break or buying the dip, as you say, or covering shorts, we've seen a pretty big move here in the last couple of days for stocks, for metals, for energies. And that has lifted the grain market. You, you talk about the, the unemployment, and, and we, we see those numbers going either way. It's going to put pressure one way or the other on this trade, especially with the way we've been when it comes to manufacturing, movement of grain, export opportunities, uh, just in general, people working. Yeah, it is. I mean, the, the job you know market has been really tough. If you're an employer trying to hire, you can't find anyone. Um, there just isn't enough employable people out here. I think with the pandemic, a lot of the baby boomers just said, hey, I'm close enough. I'm retiring. They left the job market. And we've had a strong, you know, job market here for a long time. And I think that'll be key what they see on Friday. They're expecting 3.7. If we'd see a bigger number, obviously that would give them a dovish tone. If we see a smaller unemployment number, it says game on. They got to keep coming with rate hikes. So, the implications for this market are big, and I think the way of the commodity markets is going to be driven by the way of the stock market and some of these macro indicators that I'm seeing out here that the feds are keen off of. The the negative play that we saw in this wheat complex, now I was surprised at the percentage of winter wheat that had been planted after yesterday's report. Maybe not a surprise coming out of Kansas, but what seems to be playing into the negativity of this market? Well, I think we, you know, we've had a nice bounce off the bottom, and I think it's really just um, more about, you know, is the corridor going to have longevity? Is the corridor going to shut here in November? What does Putin do? How's the war coming in Ukraine? And so I think that is the supporting side. But, you know, the, the negative side is, hey, we're way overpriced in our market. There's no way we're going to have export business. Russia's sitting on a massively big crop. We see Australia going to have a whopper of a crop, maybe too wet over there for harvest, and that might be a concern for some quality and test weight issues. But, 
But overall, there's just a lot of bearish things happening with the supply side over out of the Black Sea and what's coming to Australia. The bullish side is, is importers need to import this as we have the lowest, you know, exporter stocks number in a long time, record low. Uh, but man, we're just not seeing the interest on the importer side. And that says the demand is worse than we thought. And so I just think that for our wheat, we're overpriced and we're trying to correct and get maybe a little bit cheaper here. And so I'm looking for a move further lower, maybe another 50, 60 cents in wheat. A lot of dollar influence, I'm sure, playing in that role of us being too expensive, too. Yeah, the dollar's been real strong. It is on a break. We've seen a couple, three percentage points, four percentage points of a break here off the highs. Um, But I think the dollar has not topped. I think after a corrective wave count here, we will go back up into new highs. But the dollar has been really crushing everyone because it just makes all their goods cost more as their currencies are cheaper and don't go as far with buying power. Can we see the feds back off, though? I mean, you talk about all these influences and the pressure that's coming on this market trade. We just got done talking about the dollar. Could we see some weakening possibly coming from them? It's always possible. You never want to say never, but um, (laughs) I don't see the signs that they're going to be convinced or compelled to do so based on the rhetoric that I've witnessed on Twitter or over the news or what have you. I do think they're looking at the key indicators. They're going to make their decisions appropriately on those things, and they're not going to worry about where uh, other people's uh, public or popular opinion falls. So uh, I I think they have to go. The terminal rate looks like 4.5 right now, and that could be raised if we don't see these core numbers come into line. But I think the feds have to keep raising interest rates and keep a hawkish tone to it. And add to it that coming up next week, we've got another report coming at us. So are we going to start to see some heavy positioning ahead of the 12th? Well, I think people are probably getting squared up for what their biases are. I'm I'm looking for the USDA to probably raise the yield on soybeans three-tenths of a bushel and probably lower the corn anywhere from a half to one bushel. Um, I expect I'll probably be wrong as normal. How do we use the report? <laughs> Just because it's hard to know what they're going to do. They have more data than any of us. But we're hearing some pretty good bean yields, some pretty good corn yields, and uh, especially, you know, east of the Mississippi, even some good ones west, uh, Iowa, Minnesota, up in the Dakotas. So uh, I think the surprise would be a bearish number, right? And that would be not lowering as much as the trade is expecting or even raising it. And that's what the bearish surprise could be. All right, well, stick around, folks. We do have a lot more coming up as we continue here in moments with the second half of the Fontenelle Final Bell. We'll take a little bit of drought. Look at what's happening on this livestock side and a lot more. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Fontenelle Hybrids delivers proven performance year after year. In farmer-managed trials over the last three seasons, Fontenelle's 15 top-yielding corn products had over a nine-bushel advantage over Pioneer's commercially available leading volume corn products. That's a 74% win rate on farms just like yours. Contact your local Fontenelle Hybrids dealer or go to Fontenelle.com to learn more. Read and follow pesticide label directions, grain marketing, and other... RVM. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Continue our conversation with Darren Fry. Darren is with Water Street Advisors, and I wanted to ask this question before we went to break, but knew we were limited on time. Um, I follow Drought Center, obviously, on Twitter, and they put out a picture today that talked about, obviously, we saw that the hurricane has hammered Florida this last week, but abnormally dry conditions are now spreading to the rest of the southeast, from Louisiana to Virginia. And we're so used to drought here on, on our end of the world. 
it's interesting that we're starting to see more of that pickup of those yellows and browns showing up on that drought map to the folks to the farther east and south of us. Yeah, we're going to need some rain here before spring, aren't we, Susan? <laughs> I mean, especially for you guys out west. Um, there's no relief in sight for the plains, southern, western plains. Uh, and it's just, you know, dry in Iowa. It's dry in Illinois. And now we're seeing that dryness creep uh, more to the east. The hurricane really robbed a lot of moisture out of the atmosphere. And we're just in a dry pattern right now. And I think drought concerns is on everybody's minds after the last couple of years. We came out okay last year on the crop and this year pretty good in the east but was really affected in the west corn sorghum yields obviously way down shortages out west and a lot of feed's going to have to move east to west but uh, you know there's drought concerns still in the southern hemisphere with you know argentina southern brazil super dry another year of la nina and uh, some weather forecaster think that's going to moderate by the end of december and we're going to move in el nino have a great uh, 2023 in the northern hemisphere and probably finish off the southern hemisphere good but i got some services i subscribe to that man they think it could hold on a little bit longer so i think this is a big concern because we need a big crop in 2023 or food shortages on the nightly news is going to be a daily occurrence and so uh, weather is not spiffy right now we need a change in the pattern for sure and that is definitely putting a lot of uh, pressure on agriculture to try to meet that demand. Do you think, and you and I have had this conversation before when it comes to uh, the weather and on the livestock side of it, do you think this continued drought and dryness talk is going to weigh even heavier on what we see in these cattle numbers? I think so. I mean, man, if you're a cattle producer, uh, you don't have any grass, you don't have hay. Um, we know hay acres are way down, like less than they were 100 years ago. And and now we got these feed shortages with sorghum and corn, the Western Corn Belt. Transportation is high with energy prices up. Um, you know, feeding margins have just shrunk. And, um, you know, the cattle and, and hog prices aren't spiffy anymore. We took hogs, you know, down $12 in six sessions. I think cattle have made a long-term top here for the next 12 to 18 months. And all this says to me is we're going to compress those margins to a point where feed costs are up here profitability is down there and maybe we will see more liquidation which even pressures the meat markets more until that liquidation gets through the market as you look at the cattle trade though of today i mean longer term we look out to june we saw some positive numbers but really it's just a sea of red for these markets right now yeah it is you know cattle are i I think they have one more down sequence here like in the december cattle down to that 144 area if i look to next year's june I'd be looking down the 148, 147.50 before we get a bounce. And then I think we could get a bounce, but that bounce is for selling. And it's the same thing on the hog side. Uh, the hogs are, are just getting pummeled here last, you know, eight trading sessions, nine trading sessions. And today we saw them down hard. Uh, we got huge premiums, uh, in the market between where the futures are and where the cash, the lean index is. But man, the market just is really soft. And I think it's the funds. They don't want these positions. And they're just liquidating. And so much like the cattle, I think another couple, $3 down will get a meaningful bounce. But that bounce in the pork complex is for selling as well. So then some might wonder, then, are, are the highs in place for what we're seeing in these trade on the livestock? Yeah, I really think so. I think the high came back here in, you know, the latter part of September in both the pork side and the cattle side. Uh, we topped out on that September 20th here for this last run lower. Pork really topped out, you know, in the middle of August and then kind of have a 
one down, two up. But the cattle did top out, and, and so did the hogs, in my opinion, and we have to be looking down uh, in these markets. So I think rallies are for selling here as we move into the fourth quarter and beyond. Well, in a nutshell, we've got some feedstuff shortages, and obviously what is growing in South America will weigh on the trade as well for these livestock producers. What are you guys recommending? What conversations are you having with your folks when you look at the big picture heading into this fall? Well, on the grain side, you know, everybody wants to be bullish because, you know, if you're bullish on yield, you think the yield's going down, you want to be bullish, you got the corridor situation, and there's plenty of fodder for that. But the macro headwinds are blowing hard, and, and really that's the tug of war. You know, if it was a, a risk-on type of trade and we were pumping money into the system instead of taking money out with quantitative tightening and trying to reduce the balance sheet is what the feds are doing, then, you know, we'd be like going up instead of fighting this. All right. Lots of great things that we did look at. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you? Well, they can either look me up on Twitter at Fry, F-R-Y-E underscore W-S-S. They call us toll free here in Peoria at our office at 866-249-2528. And that is today's Fontenelle Final Bell brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers on the Rural Radio Network.